Welcome to another edition of the CDG BizCast. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez, owner of Creativity Design Group, a digital marketing firm in Houston, Texas. Today, we will be discussing the importance of why companies need to keep their promises to their customers in their guarantees as well as consumer rights. Today's special guests are Chef Jay and Face Down Tragedy from the After the Shuffle podcast show on YouTube and Concerned Consumer Lauren Hicks in the United Kingdom. I'm Lauren and I'm a Concerned Consumer. Hey, I'm Chef Jay and I'm part of the After the Shuffle group. Hey everybody, my name is Anthony Facedown Tragedy and I'm with After the Shuffle as well. Today we're going to be talking about why it's important for companies to stick to what they promise to their customers when they offer a guarantee. There are many ways that companies offer guarantees to different customers. We're going to talk about the different types of guarantees. We're going to talk about what you can do if your guarantee was not honored properly, especially with warranties and what your rights as a consumer are should a product that you purchase fall under warranty however the company refuses to honor it. We're simply going to discuss what your rights as a consumer are should the company fail to honor the warranty on your product should it end up being defective. So Lauren I'm going to start with you first. Please tell me what are your concerns about warranties and how you feel they could be honored better. Do you have a personal experience with a warranty? Yeah. reminded me I had just bought a Samsung washing machine in summer 2020 and it literally only lasted about nine months it literally I I ignored the reviews online Um, I had guarantee on it but they said because of the breakdown and the um, time scale between when it broke down and when I let them know even though it was before 12 months they couldn't honour it for some reason, and I don't know why, but in the end, I just let that go, and I just thought, well, I'm using my old washing machine at the moment, because lucky I kept it, because no one would collect it, but um, yeah, I'm a bit confused by that one, to why they wouldn't honour it. I have another question for you about that as well. When a company fails to honour their warranty, you know, this will be considered a breach of contract. What are your options of taking legal action in the UK? It might be a bit different versus here in the U.S., but over in the U.K. where you're at, what options do you have for legal action or dispute resolution? Honestly, I don't know. I know you can take it to a small claims court, and obviously Judge Rinder deals with a lot of this. There's a TV program, he's a bit like Judge Judy, but it's Judge Rinder here, and he deals with stuff like that, but I don't know if he deals, I don't think he deals with actual companies. You have to go to a small claims court with that here, I think. And you're right about that, actually. And you've either got, you've either got to represent yourself, or you've got to pay loads for a solicitor because you don't get legal aid for that kind of thing. Yes, you're actually right about that, and the same thing applies here in the U.S. too. When it comes to those TV court shows, those are just arbitration hearings dressed up to look like they're actually yeah. in court. You actually would need to take this to a real court, not an arbitration hearing. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that with warranties, when you read the terms and conditions of them, they do say that they offer dispute resolution, and it's usually arbitration. However, it's unlikely that a TV court show is going to be willing to have a company yeah. on their show. It's usually between individuals suing each other over over unpaid rent or damages to their cars and stuff like that. And you know, we're we're certain we're certainly going to discuss that later on in the show what your options are as a right as a consumer. I do want to go over the different types of guarantees that companies offer and what you need to look out for when they offer certain things. The first one would be a 100% money back guarantee and many of us are familiar with this. Uh, it's usually implied that when you buy something and you're not satisfied, you can take it back to the store and get your money back for it, right? That's why many places all have a return policy. Yeah, yeah. this is true. One thing though, as well I just remembered, when um, it came to, just after my um, washing machine packed up, um, the people, this company rang me to say they could insure it for longer, and they said they weren't willing to insure it because it's got a fault before they can insure it, even though it was already insured when it got the fault which confused me as well. But obviously that's been a while now and obviously I'm not going to push the matter with them. But 
what are my rights with that? That's what I want to know for the future. Yes, yes. Um, that makes sense. It does make sense. We're going to talk about what rights consumers have when their warranties are not being honored properly. Usually, what will happen is that when they fail to honor it, it really just involves finding out what dispute resolutions are available. And in the warranty that they have, it should list what they offer to do, such as... uh, Maybe it says you have the option of taking them to small claims court, or maybe they want you to go through arbitration. They want you to handle it privately. There are different ways that they can handle it, but in the written contract that they have, when you buy a warranty, or even if it's one that they imply, you as a consumer have the right to read it before you purchase it. And that's one thing that I need to explain, the difference between an implied warranty and an express warranty. An implied warranty automatically comes with most goods valued at a certain amount, but it only offers a base level of protection to the consumer. That means they'll only cover up to a certain amount of, you know, a certain type of damage, or if damages go up to a certain amount. An express warranty is one that's clearly stated. It's up front, it's on the packaging, they tell you exactly what you're getting into when you buy it. If it's a service, they tell you what it is in writing. And as a consumer, you have the right to know about these beforehand. They're supposed to tell you exactly what their warranties entail before you even purchase it. Before you purchase the product or before you purchase the warranty. Sometimes as well, I'm thinking maybe they do it on purpose because they know it's going to cost a bomb to take them to court. And like, so you're going to have to pay loads. And unless you're rich or you've got money you can just throw away, no one's going to pursue that to court because there's no legal aid. That is one tactic that they use. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. I I would want to say that everything is really poly in that fine print. Right. That's why they make it so small. That's what yeah. they used to hide behind is the way they word their, their warranty information in their contract. Is they they give you this they give you the warranty, but the way it's worded they hide behind that because you're really not sure a lot of people are really not sure what it means anyway, even though you read through it. I mean there's a lot of fine print there like Jay said and uh, um, I mean this is like homeowners insurance, you know. Do you really know how you're protected until you actually call them? If somebody just put it in English for you, it's the same kind of difference almost. Yeah. Yeah. And another tactic they use is they'll, like, like on a radio station or something, they'll talk really fast. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's really hard for you to understand them. Because all yeah. they have to do is legally get it on there, pretty much. We discussed that partially in our last episode, but only how it relates to salespeople. Salespeople do the same thing, too. They'll talk really fast. They'll try to get you to sign stuff before you can even get a chance to read it. And I've said this a million times, and I'm going to keep saying it a million times more. Always do your homework. Do your due diligence. Research, research, research. Look into everything you possibly can before you make a purchase or make a final decision to sign up with something. Yeah, that's what I've started doing more. I never used to, but I have started doing that more. And as a consumer, that's what all consumers should be doing. All consumers should be doing their research. They may be using high-pressured sales tactics, but that doesn't mean everybody should give in to them. You're not being rude to them if you tell them, no, you're not interested. That's really what it boils down to. Some people feel that they're being rude if they say no. No, you're not being rude. You're just telling them you're not interested, and that's completely fine. Nobody should ever be hard-pressured into signing up for stuff or buying stuff that they know they can't afford or don't want. Because that's usually what it boils down to. They're trying to get you to buy something or sign up for something that you most likely don't need and have no interest in. And the pressure is just on. Yeah, it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable a little bit. Right. Yeah. And they kind of work on that. Yeah, summer 2020, I bought a new Dyson Hoover as well. And um, they're rubbish. It, It kept packing up like every month or so. And Argos did not honor their... um warranty and i didn't know that because um at the time they were telling me to just ring dyson and let them know even though i could take the hoover back to argos and got my money back which i didn't which i thought that was how it worked but argos would tell me over the phone to contact dyson and then i had a random email no a random letter in the post it was from argos saying that because they didn't honour my um, warranty the way they should have, they only gave me a £5 gift card 
But mm. in the end, I still couldn't take my Hoover back for the money, wow. even though wow. they reckon they didn't honour it. Well, one thing I've experienced before, and I don't think this is true from what I've later learned, is uh, every item, like you say, in your situation, a vacuum cleaner, a washer, it comes with a warranty card you're supposedly to fill out and return online and return by mail. But yeah, that's a manufacturer's warranty, ain't it? Right, yeah. right. They kind of hide behind that if you don't fill it out that you're not covered. But, I mean, you're still under a manufacturer's warranty whether you return that card or not. Am I incorrect on that, uh, Christian? Yes, that is that is true. But another thing that I wanted to mention is what about the express warranty that is given on the packaging as well? Even if you don't fill out that card. And I wanted to ask Lauren this too. Did the packaging mention anything about a lifetime or a reliability guarantee? And, and let me explain what that means. A lifetime guarantee would be that they are dedicated to replacing the defective products for free the entire time you own it. However, a reliability guarantee is when the customer gets a full refund if the product breaks or does not perform as expected. Did the packaging mention anything about this or does Argus have some sort of refund policy related to that? They do have refund policy, but also whenever you buy items from them or online, you always, usually, well most of the time, 90% of the time, you get a um, card or whatever inside the package saying that you can extend your warranty i've had it with like small kitchen gadgets and everything mm -hmm. like i've had it with hot pans um and yeah but sometimes i feel like these companies will say that you've got all this guarantee for these years but they won't honor it half the time if you contact them what worries me they are supposed to honor the express warranty that is mentioned on the packaging. And if they don't, they're already in breach of contract. They need to honor what they say they promise. Otherwise, it's just a marketing ploy, a very shady marketing ploy. And that is one thing that I wanted to mention too. Companies will put stuff on the packaging to get you to buy it. That's the only thing they're getting out of it. It's a gimmick. They want you to buy it. Obviously, they want to make money, but they'll put they'll put deceptive stuff on the packaging. They'll put a lot of deceptive advertising all over the packaging, talking about how long it should last, and you know they might even say we'll replace it for free if you're not happy. They're just putting that stuff on the packaging for the most part to make a sale, and that is where things start to get very shady and very dishonest. Yeah, yeah. I don't fill out these warranty things because I just can't be bothered for the stress and the hassle and if it breaks down sometimes it's easier and less stress just to buy a link a new one if you've got the money but so yeah I don't often fill out the warranty cards which I probably should but I just can't be bothered sometimes well I would say that it could be a hit or miss with those warranty cards because especially if they're making you pay for the warranty it's possible that when you fill out this card, they might be asking for you to pay for the warranty. It'll ask for your credit card number. And then when they start billing you, and should an issue arise where you need to get your product replaced or repaired, then you're jumping through all these hoops just trying to get in contact with them, only to realize that you're being scammed this whole time. Yeah. You've just reminded me, um, the bank and other places offer you warranty on your gadgets like your phone and everything but even though you pay a monthly bill or whatever to cover that if your phone breaks down or your tv or whatever you then have to pay like nearly a hundred quid or even more sometimes just to get that fixed on top of what you've been paying each month so basically they're scamming you out of more money if that makes sense yes i've, I've seen that happen quite a bit uh, even here in the u.s it's a very common scam that's what it boils down to and why signing up for these extended warranties can be risky that's why i don't do it mm, sometimes i would say that by not filling out your warranty cards you're saving yourself a lot of heartache especially if they're charging you to get this warranty because those cards might have a section for you to put down your credit card number you know as i mentioned a few minutes ago yeah yeah and like the same issue with the washing machine if i filled out the warranty and got replacement 
would I have got another dodgy washing machine because there were so many reviews online saying all the problems I ended up having in my washing machine. I ignored them originally, but you know, if other pe- loads of other people have that issue, the next replacement washing machine is likely to have those same issues. So right. it's just going to be stressed the press and waste money. Well, I, I think they're also trying to create jobs for themselves too. So like if you need something for repair, then they get into a repair department and sell parts. It's like a whole bunch of more money than just selling just the washing machine. Yeah. Then you need repair guys. Like it's, you know. Yeah, sometimes they will try and get out of it by saying you need to get your own repair guy or whatever. Or they'll say, oh, we'll send out someone who can fix the part, even though the part is defective. It's like with my Dyson Hoover, they sent out a new battery in the end and the Hoover still didn't work because it was in the body of it and then I got a new body part that still didn't work properly so in the end I just gave up on my Dyson warranty ignored it and bought a shark Hoover because I got installments on it mm-hmm. so I bought a blinking new one <laughs> not blinking in my time ringing them asking for new parts every week it's just pointless yeah that's, that's too much you know, Jay, you bring up a very important point about how they might be benefiting financially by not honoring their warranties. And I have an example mm-hmm. I'd like to share as well. Okay. Now, this dates back to 2009. A large appliance and furniture chain based out here in Texas, which shall remain nameless for the time being, was sued by the Texas Attorney General due to them not honoring their warranties. They were also presenting refurbished products as brand new and using aggressive sales tactics to force customers to buy these products and get the warranties with them. What was discovered during their investigation of this chain was that the complaints were very broad, repair appointments were always delayed for weeks or even months, the products were poorly repaired when they actually did repair them, the company ignored calls and they refused to give refunds or replace defective products. And then that the chain itself, the company, was receiving financial incentives when it came to making repair visits because each time they had to build a company to go out to make a repair for a customer, they marked it up quite a bit just so they could benefit from that. They basically felt the more times that we have to send, we have to send a repair team out there, that means more money for them. Every time they have to send a repair team, they're getting more money. So it benefits them to not do a proper job. They know that they can just keep sending a repairman or a repair person to a customer's house so they yep. can keep getting more money per visit. Or even sell the parts to repair it. Right. Yes, exactly. And then in terms of purchasing the warranties themselves, when customers were in, in the store trying to make purchases... Maybe they were purchasing a refrigerator or a TV, maybe a washer and dryer. The company's salespeople were hotly pressuring all their customers into purchasing the extended warranties, the ones that I just mentioned they failed to honor. And then it was discovered that 5% of their $900 million in annual sales revenue came from these warranties, these warranties that they were pushing on to people that were not even being honored. It looks like that this is a very common tactic when it comes to large chains that try to push warranties onto their products. It's it's, it's a marketing tactic and they, they don't really seem to care if they honor it or not. They just want to see if how many sales they can make. And, and you know, one thing I should mention is that this chain that I'm mentioning, this chain of stores, they're known for having high-pressured salespeople at their stores. You know, the minute you walk in, there's already a salesperson trying to sell you something. They don't leave you alone. When you go into the store, you're browsing through appliances or electronics. If you're looking at a TV, for example, salesperson's going to see you, watch you like a hawk, and then immediately try to talk you into buying it. And then, of course, pressure you into getting the warranty. It's very notorious of companies for them to do tactics like this just because they want to see sales numbers go up. There's a young company, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're they're big in the UK. They're called CEX, Computer Exchange. Um, They will um, not honour the prices online. Like Say like you give them a decent phone or whatever to buy off you, they will put it as a C grade but they will then off, often sell that phone as a B grade. So basically they're giving you less than what they should have and they're gaining more. And also I've had phones sold to me in the past um, 
where they've broken within a month and they've been a B grade and then they say to you oh you have to get someone else to look at it we can't do nothing and then if you do get someone else to look at it even if they haven't touched the phone or done anything with the phone they may have just had a hold of the phone see yet to then say your warranty is void because you got someone else to have a look at the phone so it's tactics to get out of yeah the warranty so um Lauren uh, uh, brought up a point that I had a question about uh, in regards to going backtracking a little bit to her vacuum cleaner. We may not be covering th this portion of it today, uh, but where she was reading reviews and seeing a lot of over and over the same complaints with it, but she could, but she still bought the product. At what point, when you have the same type of problems over and over again with the product, does it become a recall situation on the product? Is that up to the company itself, or there's, there's like a something that they got guidelines they got to follow for that to happen? That's what I think because they're still selling the same product products despite them having ninety percent bad feedback. Sometimes they don't they don't discontinue the product or right. make it better, which is weird to me. And it sounds a bit dodgy and a bit lazy. Right. I was about to say if they make the perfect product then what are they going to do next year? They have to keep on improving it and making it better when technology improves and stuff. But they're still probably going to have they're still going to have defects in it. They can't make it perfect. They still got to make more money. What usually ends up happening is that companies usually don't consider recalling a product until they see that that the defects in their product are creating possible hazards to their customers. Yeah, like dangerous situations, like it causes fire or something mm -hmm. like that. They're mm -hmm. actually liable for it. Right. Like Samsung, back in 2016... They had a phone that was notorious for blowing up in people's pockets and they had no yeah. choice but to go in and recall those phones. That's usually when it crosses the line, when companies decide it's time to make a recall. It, it is up to them when they decide they want to make a recall and when they want to officially get these products yanked off the shelves and removed to ensure protection for, of their consumers. They also want to make sure that they don't face any legal trouble from anybody who does get injured by these defective products. Yeah, that's the point. Um, in London, several years ago, I think, I don't know if you heard of the Grenfell Tower fire. Basically, um, it was to do with a faulty hot point um, fridge freezer, apparently, in one of the flats. And then, after that happened, they then decided to start recalling these certain models of hot point fridge freezers or whatever make it was but they didn't think before this actually happened and like loads of people lost their lives and their home yeah well it's kind of hard sometimes for companies to actually simulate like normal conditions or living conditions that these products are in they really try to do it like mm. in the research and development it is it's it really worrying sometimes i know you know you, could, you can't always predict because, you know, someone can have the same car as you. Your car could work perfectly fine and theirs could just break down in seconds. Yeah, and so, then I'm sure, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure in the manual and stuff, like there it says, I'll clean frequently or, you know, vacuum this part out every six months or something. And if you don't do that, the product yeah. might overheat and fail yeah. prematurely or something. And then I'll go down into the into the warranty or whatever saying, oh, you didn't do this or you didn't do that correctly, so it's your fault. So we're not gonna give you any money or a new fridge. Very good point. What what I do for, for my clients when they get their websites designed and stuff, I always put some sort of indemnification clause in their contract similar to that where it says that if they decide they wanna use the websites to conduct a legal activity, then that's on them if they get in trouble and that, you know, me and my company are not going to be held liable for that. But you've got to cover your bum as well, your ass as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. you've got to cover your backside as well in the situation. Yeah, because who else is going to? Transparency is very important for all the business owners who are listening right now. It's important for all of them to understand that when you when you offer a product or service, make sure you're transparent about everything. Put the most important information about the products on your website. If you offer warranties or have certain guarantees that customers are expected to get, make sure you can honor them. Don't just put it on there as a way to make more sales. Because then you're just being dishonest and you're setting up your company for failure. All the bad reviews yeah, are gonna come flooding true. in. They're going to come flooding in and then people are going to start going to your competitors. Nobody likes liars. Nobody likes to be scammed, obviously. If you want to conduct business 
and you want to be successful, you got to do it honestly. Otherwise, you can expect mm-hmm. everybody to hate you later. Those bad reviews, those one-star mm-hmm. reviews of upset customers, people are going to be reading them. Nobody's going to be coming to your company. Yeah, one yes. or two people on eBay as well, they have, um, what's it called, when you've bought something and there's a problem with it and you let them know, I've had one or two before say, oh, well, you can get a refund off eBay if there's a problem. So basically, the company didn't want a refund. They didn't want to take responsibility for their faults. They were going to just leave it to eBay to pay out, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. I've actually had a recent experience with eBay just before Christmas, actually. I found a stereo receiver for sale. It was at a, at a decent price, so I went ahead and bought it so I could expand my home theater system at home. And then weeks went by. The item was never shipped out, right? I send several messages to the seller, and he's not responding to any of them. So eventually, he responds to one message after me sending endless messages to him telling him that if he doesn't respond by a certain date, I'm going to file a dispute with eBay. So what ended up happening was that he never answered me back again. He told me that he told me that the listing was a mistake and that some friend hacked his account and listed that for sale for for such a good price. And I, I had to leave him one star feedback because I felt I felt like that I was betrayed and lied to. I filed a claim with eBay. Yep. What ended up happening was that they found in my favor and refunded me my money. It wasn't a whole lot of money, but. I didn't want them to just take my money if they weren't going to sell me the product. See, it's it's in cases like this where the third party involved in yeah. distributing the product, in this case it's eBay, has a refund policy. Because they look out for their buyers over there at eBay. They make sure that if you were ripped off, you get your money back. But that, that that's a good thing they do that. But it, it also, in a way, looking at the flip side of the coin, they kind of make it easy for the seller to, to take your money and run because you can have to wait something like three five days before you can even file a claim with eBay. Right. And by that time, that gives them more than enough opportunity to take the money out and put it in their bank account or get it in the form of their little PayPal debit card or whatever they have now. So it, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a bitter sweet situation because that puts PayPal responsible for something they didn't do in a way. They've actually changed their policy about that now to make sure that people don't do that. What they do now is that if somebody buys from you on eBay, then you, the buyer, will have your money held by PayPal for a certain amount of time. They wait for the seller to ship the item. After they've seen that the seller has shipped the item, they continue to hold the funds for a little bit. And then I believe after they get confirmation from the post office that they've received it, then they release the funds to the seller. I had the same issue as you. Um, a while ago, I ordered a, um, I bought a um, Xbox controller off um, e- eBay. And what scammers will do is they'll, because they can print their labels at home, they'll print a label with a tracking number and then they'll act like it's been shipped, but it hasn't been shipped. And I didn't receive this item. It had, it, it turned out to be a scammer. And um, in the end, PayPal um, was going to refunded me. But people will use the, um, they will take advantage of having a printer, being able to print off tracking numbers so it looks like they, they're genuine, so they can steal your money. Right. Yeah, Yeah. but I think what Chris was saying is now, apparently, uh, their um, eBay apparently is like monitoring them, the, the said tracking number they send you that, and, and holding their funds to it, so the tracking number showing yeah. delivered, right? They didn't do that back then, but I think they do it right. now. I don't yeah. They were doing yeah, same, same with the whole 45 days. I haven't used PayPal since I used to sell on there back in the, in the late 90s, so I'm glad they're doing something about that. Hopefully the scammer got caught, but he was literally, this person, I'm guessing it was a he, I don't know, it could have been a she, but um, they had they were selling like over 20 items of this same Xbox controller. I thought, oh, it's a bit dodgy, you know. But then and mm-hmm. it had a good few few views were okay so i thought i'll purchase it but then when i had this problem loads of people having the same problems one they were leaving negative feedback saying never received this item it wasn't shipped scammer 
and, and a lot of these people on eBay that are selling multiples of things, they actually don't have these products. Nine times out of ten, or a lot of times, they're drop ship sales. So they, they, you order the item from them, they order it from the supplier, and their supplier actually sends it out to you and provides them a tracking number at the time they purchase it, which they later and provide you, and it's up to their drop shipper to send it out. And usually, sometimes a lot of these drop shippers are like in China or, or places like that, so it's coming to you overseas anyway. Yeah, there's a few genuine companies like Yours Clothing, and there's another company I've bought some clothes off before that they rely on their their um what's it called what's the word again their suppliers. Yeah, drop yeah, shipping. Because yeah. I had an issue with some of my tops before that I ordered on there, and a woman um, messaged me to say that it's out of stock and she'll have to go to her supplier to see if the other one I wanted was in. So some of them do mm. use suppliers, but that, from my experience, them companies have been fine. Mm. It's very similar to what Pleasant Green described in, in one of his videos. He did a video about Wish.com, which is pretty much the same thing. They have big products, you know, like bikes and stuff like that, expensive products, priced at dirt cheap prices, like 10 bucks and stuff. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, these sellers are not are not legitimate. They list the products just so they can take your money and run with it. In fact, Pleasant Green, when he bought, tried to buy the cheap bike that was advertised on Wish.com, it was revealed that he ended up buying a tiny little bicycle clip light that looked like it was made in China. He read the fine print because he purchased it without reading the fine print and found out that the ad was for a bike clip and that they just had the bike picture as a way to entice people to buy, thinking they were buying a bike for a very low giveaway price, basically as if they're getting it for free. You can't buy a bike mm -hmm. for $10. That doesn't make no, any sense. The thing is, with their shipping as well, they won't just charge you one like standard price. They charge you a shipping for every single item. So like you could get multiple items, spend 20 quid, but then your order ends up being over 100 quid. Right. When it comes to selling online, that is the importance of ensuring that you can combine shipping for, for different items. Otherwise, you are just simply ripping people off by charging shipping for individual items. It does get expensive. And a lot of times, people will abandon their shopping carts, their digital shopping carts, when they realize that shipping is too much. Shipping is a major turnoff for a lot of people who shop online. They're hoping that it won't cost too much. The item itself might be cheap, but the shipping itself is expensive. And one tactic that I know that eBay sellers use is that they set a flat rate for shipping that's marked up several times more than how much it actually costs to ship just so they can get some extra profit after they make the sale. So shipping it in a way is a scam. Yeah, and Pretty much so. which they um, advertise their items. They'll say, "Oh, the original price of this was 150 quid, but we're going to sell it to you for a tenner." That item, in reality, isn't 150 quid because I've gone on other sites and they're actually cheap knockoff items. So that's how they try to get you. They're like. Oh yeah, this is worth 150 quid, but we'll give it to you for a tenner. Mm -hmm. When in right reality, it's only worth a tenner in real life. That reminds me of another scam that I haven't discussed yet. DVR called this scammer who was trying to give away a free Wi-Fi hotspot, only to reveal that this hotspot was only a few bucks on, on Alibaba.com. They were trying to give it away for free, but charge several, several hundred dollars on the credit card, versus on Alibaba, if you bought the same one, the shipping was either free or very low, and the item itself was rather cheap too, and they were just trying to give it away for free and overbuild the card for shipping. That's another scam right there too. If you see that they're trying to give away free electronic devices, chances are they're cheaply made. You could buy them for a couple of bucks, and they're overcharging on shipping just so they can make a profit. That's another scam too that everybody should be looking I've, out for. I've seen that on Amazon. Um they sometimes they offer you express shipping you can buy something for a tenner but they want 50 quid for the shipping and sometimes mm -hmm. it's from amazon themselves dispatching it and it's just it's outrageous and and also they do sell things for like triple or even more way more than they're actually worth in the shops that's a common tactic used by ebay sellers i, I know that for sure but I'm actually quite surprised that Amazon's trying to do the same thing. Oh, no, I, I, I buy stuff on Amazon all the time. I always get deliveries because I can barely go out these days because my health issues. 
so I constantly get um, deliveries from them and have for a few years, and I've seen all sorts on there. One thing that Amazon and Walmart's website both do is that they have a marketplace section where they sell products from third-party vendors. And I find this a little deceptive, too, because when they do this, the customer's going on the website thinking they're buying from Amazon or Walmart. There is a notice saying that it's sold by a third-party seller under the Walmart marketplace or the Amazon marketplace. But I do find that a little bit deceptive because they're trying to prey on the people's trust because they're using these brand names to carry products from third-party sellers. Lauren, when you saw this product for sale on Amazon, you, you knew it was from Amazon themselves and not through the marketplace from another vendor, right? Yeah, but also as well, this has just reminded me, I've bought items for next day delivery saying it's being shipped by Amazon. But when I've contacted Amazon, they said it's coming direct from the seller. When it, when it says online it's coming from Amazon, get out of refunding you. If your item has been dispatched from Amazon, but it's a different company's item, Amazon try and refuse to refund you unless you're firm and you put them down and make them demand they refund you. They'll say that you need to go to the company for a refund, even though it came from Amazon's warehouse. Well, both Walmart and Amazon make it very, very difficult to, to, for that third-party disclaimer that they put in, if you're in, that, in that description. They make it, especially Amazon. Amazon's really bad. I think their website is messy. They just make it very hard, both Walmart and Amazon, to find that in the information that this is coming from a third party seller unless you're really reading all of it and paying attention yeah it goes back to the fine print issue people don't yeah. read the fine print and they benefit from that greatly especially when they think that most people are not looking to see if they're buying from the marketplace or not now lauren you did a good job right there you knew who you were buying from exactly and it sounded like amazon was trying to pull a fast one on you trying to make it sound like you were buying from a third-party seller now i don't know if amazon uses a third-party courier company to make deliveries amazon logistics you do a lot of them sometimes i'll use dpd or royal mail but a lot of the time Amazon Logistics. Mm-hmm. That's right. What I meant was that there's a possibility that while they have their own fleet of vans and their own logistics division, there is still a possible that they might, for some items, be doing some outsourcing in that area too that we don't know okay. about. And that might be why you ran into that issue. That's just my theory. We we don't really know for sure. But sometimes as well, I think they don't put fine print. You'll look for it. There's no fine print, but then they'll decide one day when you complain there's fine print. With one or two companies. Yeah. Well, well, keep in mind, they don't just make these guarantees and stuff and warranties out of the nitty-blitty. They have their own legal department that thinks of this stuff for months yeah. and maybe years in advance. So if yeah. they even think about somebody saying, oh, what, what are we going to do if this person actually wants to file a claim or something? They have it all down. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, but luckily I've become really firm with people and I've learned to stand my ground more and I won't take no for an answer, especially when it comes to a refund or knowing if someone is liable, even if they're saying they're not. I will stand my ground and I won't quit. Definitely, they boycott their product and their brand. If I feel that a company is ripping me off, I'm going to keep calling them and calling them and calling them again until I get something settled. I'm not going to take no for an answer either. Yeah. See some of the reviews I've heard, especially about Hermes, they absolutely love me at Hermes. The amount of brutal reviews I've put online, or I've even swore at them in Resolve for complex people because they're just, they won't do nothing unless you put your foot down, swear at them, and tell them how it is. Right. They just ignore you carry on their behavior. If you decide one day to put a nice review, they'll take that as a weakness sometimes, and then they'll start, you'll start having the same problems you have before. Oh, that's what I find anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's me. You should see my Google reviews. I, I've left so many one-star reviews for all the places where I was treated rudely at and stuff. And I don't take any prisoners when it comes to leaving reviews. If I got bad I service, when I get bad service somewhere, I leave a detailed account for everybody to read because I want to make sure nobody else goes through what I went through. When it comes to justice and honoring guarantees, consumers do have their rights when it comes to when it comes to certain things. Consumers have their right to know. When a company is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, consumers have a right 
they shouldn't be given the runaround all the time. In fact, I'm, you know, I want to close out the show with another example that I read about that happened recently in my area. I read about a woman who lives in Cypress, Texas, which is not far from where I live. And she purchased some new laminated hardwood flooring from a certain home improvement big box chain. And this flooring was advertised to have a 30-day warranty right on the package. And this flooring comes from the store brand, not any of the other name brands, but from the store brand offered from the chain themselves. So she went ahead and bought it. She thought it sounded good. Nine months later, it started cracking and chipping all over the place. It was just... It just was unbearable. She couldn't even use it anymore. The whole floor looked like a mess. She started with the store that she bought it from, and they referred her to the corporate office, who then referred her to the customer service department, who then told her to call the store, which is right back at square one where she began. <laughs> Guess what happened? Nothing was ever, nothing was done. Nothing was done. They gave her the runaround, and all the people she talked to said they didn't know how to get the warranty on her. They didn't know how to file a claim or what she could do. So basically, this is a case of false advertising. The end result was that she discovered they just put that on the packaging to get people to buy to get people to buy the store brand over the more superior yeah. name brands. The answer to the question that uh, I know you had earlier, Lauren, about what consumers' rights are, there are a few options that people can take, and you told me one earlier. Now, one of them is to go to small claims court if they're not honoring the warranty. That's, that's kind of an implied one as well. Many people will take that route, although it can be very costly. Many people like to look into other resolutions first. The first thing you can try doing, and this doesn't cost anything but the cost of a stamp, is to send a letter to the company with certified mail and a return receipt demanding that they repair what they said they were going to repair or deliver what was promised. And then the return receipt will verify that they received your letter. So that way you'll know if they're ignoring you and trying to give you the bum's rush. It's good to take pictures of your letter that you're sending as well for evidence. Yeah. Like, because obviously they're not going to, sometimes they don't want to keep this stuff because they want to hide it. This is why I screenshot everything and I take pictures of everything because it, because evidence can't lie. That's a really good way to store evidence, especially if you're signing something. You'll want to make sure you get a copy of that agreement before you sign. Even though it's important to read before signing, it doesn't help. That's what I was to say. Just get the document and read it before signing it. Right. You'll want to make sure that even though you might have read it before you signed it, you might have missed something later. Because sometimes, it, it, you know, it's easy. It's a lot of paragraphs and a lot of people don't like to read that much stuff. So it is possible you might overlook something and that's perfectly all right because we're human. And, and sometimes they might make you sign more than once too. So they might hide in another paper or something as well. Right. So that's the importance of keeping evidence of everything, of everything you write, everything you sign. So, yeah, Lauren, you're doing the right thing by keeping all this evidence, by taking pictures of what, you, what you're reading and anything you write. That's a good way to hold up your evidence, should you have to take this to court. Because I hate being called a liar, because I'm very honest. Don't come get me wrong, we've all told our porcupines in our time, but um, I hate being called a liar, especially when it's black and white. So I just, yeah, I keep evidence because... I just don't like being called a liar when I know I'm right. When people call me a liar, my inner Hulk comes out. <laughs> That's the easiest way to get me enraged. When people try to, I'm not saying people try to tell me that I'm wrong about something, but when they're outright calling me a flat out liar, I don't like that. I'm the most tell it like it is person you will ever meet. That leads us into uh, the next thing I was going to say about, about what your rights as a consumer are. It's always really good to be a fighter. You'll want to do the same thing with these companies too. The next thing you can do if your letter fails, if your written letter just falls on deaf ears, you can file a complaint with the Attorney General. And you know, here in the US, we have the Federal Trade Commission. You can file a complaint with them too. If the company you purchased from is a member of the BBB, you can report it to them too. But I do often talk about how I need to remind people that what, that reporting stuff to the BBB can be rather fruitless because they are not law enforcement. The FTC and the Attorney General's office have the ability to sue these companies. The, the BBB, they can just revoke their membership and give them an F rating, which does help spread the word, but they can't do anything in terms of legal action. They're not law enforcement. The last resort would be to sue in small claims court. So. 
you gather up all your evidence, just like you were saying. Anytime, anytime you have evidence, that's good because it'll stand, help you stand your ground in court. Yeah, one thing people don't know as well is. I just remembered you don't always have to spend out loads on a lawyer. You can um, represent yourself for a one-off fee. I think um, you write to the court and they charge you like a fee of a certain amount and then you represent yourself in court if you're able to do that. So you don't have to pay like thousands on a solicitor. Right. You yeah. just remembered that. Most people are not aware of that. They're, most people think that they have to pay an arm and a leg to get an attorney. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because there was a time where I, I um, wanted to um, go to a tribunal, but it didn't bother in the end. And it, the fee was only like £120 or something to represent myself. And I just, but I didn't bother to do it. That's a very good resource everybody should be aware of because... Should they need to take legal action, whether it be for, you know, a product warranty or even if they just have a small claim they need to file against someone or, or some company in general, this is a good thing to remember. Most people, especially here in the U.S., it does cost a lot of money to file a small claim. So even if you don't have a lawyer to represent yourself, there's still the headache of court fees and stuff. Yeah. Yep, and that can be expensive. Yes. In some of Trilogy's latest videos, or... I would say in some of Trilogy's videos from 2020, they've had problems where they would try to bait the scammer. At that point, they couldn't they couldn't press any charges because the police would tell them there needed to be an actual victim. And in those cases, they it was usually one of their fictional characters pretending to be the victim. That's another problem too. The law won't that do anything. Uh, predator poachers as well. Like online, you find that. Sometimes the police in their videos and that won't take action because there's no real victim. Right. Yeah, I watch that a lot. I watch those guys. It's it's very sad mm. that they won't do anything. To me, there shouldn't have to be a victim in order for there to be a crime. You know what I'm saying? Well, if there's an attempted crime, that should be enough right there to get to start pressing charges. That's how I see it. Yeah, because they didn't know that that person wasn't a child. That person could have been a child, for example. Right. So, or a victim. And um, but in but karma, well, something in the world, in the universe, made it as there wasn't a victim, luckily, um, and it ended up just being a um, decoy or whatever. But they still need to take it seriously because that could have been a victim. Exactly. They didn't know it was a decoy. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. When it comes to crime, there needs to be more seriousness towards it. There should be no waiting until a victim actually arises out of it. Just the attempt to commit a crime enough is bad enough in my eyes. That's how I see it. Yeah. The world works in funny ways. The law system is messed up. It, it is. Does anybody have any final thoughts or any more concerns or questions they'd like to address before I close out? Okay, I do want to say something. There's actually some good companies with good guarantees out there that they actually do um, admire and stuff. Right. For, for yeah. one would be, the, I don't know if, if you have it over there, uh, Lauren, but we got Aldi over here. So oh, yeah, we got start? Okay, well, they have the twice as nice guarantee where if like you don't like a part of their food or something, they'll give you a refund of your, the money and they'll let you pick out the same food again or something right. equivalent. So that's actually pretty good, and they actually do that all the time. So that's really good to them. Yeah, on the packaging, it does say if you're not happy, you can get a full refund on the item, even if it's a cake and you ate yep. half it in it. Yep. I think they'll get a refund. Yep. And over there, they'll give you a refund, and they'll give you another cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's actually really awesome. I've always felt Aldi was trying to do that because they're trying to get people to try their store brands. If You might remember uh, a while back, Aldi only sold their own in-house brand, their own private brand. And more recently, they started carrying name brands. I feel that they were yeah. trying, that they're trying to entice people to try their store brand. And if they don't like it the first time... They want you to try it again and give it another chance before they write it exactly. off as no good. That's how that's I see it. Thing. Yeah, that's yeah, a good the thing, though. The thing with Vamaldi here, I think Lidl's do it as well. They sometimes get imported foods from like, so you'll get like German foods, Polish foods, and all that, as well as normal stuff. 
yeah. I haven't seen it's that. Like that over here a lot too. I haven't really noticed that at my neighborhood, Aldi. You know, I live right around the corner from one, and I haven't really noticed the uh, the international food sections, though. But that's actually a really good way to separate yourself apart from the competitors as well. You don't see that at Walmart or, or Kroger or other common mainstream grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Does anybody else have any additional questions, comments, concerns, or thoughts? Not at this moment. I have some for the next show, though. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to continue this on a little bit mm-hmm. on the next show and um, come on ATS. But we, we, uh, we, of course, me and Jeff, of course, appreciate you having us back on again. And then uh, we here we're talking about wanting to do this a regular thing, uh, maybe once every couple of weeks or once a month, get this same panel together since we've had such a yeah, great discussion and, and, and continue doing all ATS as well. I enjoy it. I want y'all to keep this in mind. All three of you are going to be regulars on my show as co-hosts moving forward. Nice. Okay, cool. Appreciate it. It, it boosts your confidence as well. Like, cause before, the, before I did the first like video, I was like really anxious. I was like, oh my God, this isn't going to be good at all. But actually, I really enjoyed it. It's quite a good um, community. Yeah, definitely. We were I think I had the same thing. I was definitely nervous and all that for our first show, especially being on camera, too. Whoa! You gotta remember, we are a no judgment zone. We all support each other and we care for each other. It's it's not like high school where everybody's laughing at you for every single thing you do. This is much different. That's what I said to someone today. I said it's it's mature, you know. There's no like drama and all that, and it's just nice and chilled out. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. And that concludes today's episode of the CDG BizCast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Please subscribe to us if you're watching on other platforms. We appreciate your support and thank you for listening today.